This is The Grid, presented by American Shield Roofing and Construction, LLC. When you find yourself needing a roof repair and are looking for a roofing company, American Shield Roofing and Construction is happy to meet your needs. When dealing with a roofing company, you need a roof contractor who is dependable, who can arrive on time, and provide you with a quality new roof in a timely manner. Our goal is to present you with honest, accurate information, quotes, and estimates. Call us at 361-343-7018 or visit us at AmericanShieldRoofing.com. Proud title sponsor of the 2021-2022 Victoria Advocate Varsity Cup Awards. Well, once again, we're in the, well, we're in the basement. We're, we're, we are in the basement at our offices as we get ready for week seven, Mike. Week seven. I'm Sam Fowler, assistant sports editor at the Victoria Advocate, joined as always by sports editor Mike Foreman and Jeremiah Sosa as we get ready to preview week seven, but not before we touch on a couple of things. First off, you need to give us your questions. We're, we're, we need to hear from you. I mean, no, nothing through seven weeks. I mean, come on. We know y'all are listening. Reach us through Facebook, Twitter, or email to send us your questions. Maybe give a shout out to someone that you think deserves it. Let us know, and we will read them on air. Again, reach us on Facebook, either through Victoria Advocate or Advosports. Our Twitter handle is at Advosports, and the email to reach us is sports at vicad.com. But we're going to start it off with some really good news, Mike. Well, I don't, well, there's one person that's not good news for, but for most everybody else in, in Victoria, it's great news. Bailey Zappi, the fourth round draft pick out of Western Kentucky, former Victoria East Titan, made his NFL debut up on the frozen tundra in Green Bay. Zappi completed 10 of 15 passes for 99 yards and a touchdown in a 27-24 loss to reigning MVP Aaron Rodgers and the Green Bay Packers. Well, it's kind of getting thrown into it, and you're not really necessarily ready for that moment, but this is what Bailey Zappi said to reporters after the game at Lambeau Field. Yeah, I mean, it was, of course, it was exciting at first. It was a dream come true to play an NFL game. Um, You know, it's obviously not the outcome we wanted at all. Um, you know, I just want to first, like, give credit to all my teammates. They kept me calm. They kept me, you know, getting the nerves out of me. Um, you know, they kept me in my space and cool, calm, and collected. And, uh, you know, everybody played well tonight. O-line played well. We ran the ball well. Um, you know, it really just comes down to me. I just got to make more plays, and the outcome's differently. I think, I think he's learned from head coach Bill Belichick really well. And, you know, it, you look at it, they, they – Offensive coordinator Matt Patricia, Bill Belichick, Joe Judge, all of them really kind of kept the kept kept the game plan simple to try and allow Zappy to have as much success as possible. He was able to. He also set up a touchdown drive in the in the fourth quarter, which then put the Patriots up at the time. But you know, going in their hostile environment and going up against one of, one of the best quarterbacks in the league in Aaron Rodgers, who you know if you give him the ball in crunch time, he's going to do well. Mike, what stood out to you the most from Zappi's first NFL appearance? 
Well, he he appeared uh, about as calm as possible, I'm sure, on the inside. He had a lot of butterflies, but uh, he went in there. He he executed the best he could. Uh, Obviously, like you said, they were keeping the playbook fairly simple, relying heavily on the running game, which which was actually working for a large part of the game. I would have liked to have seen him in overtime, giving Bailey a chance to, uh, you know, maybe throw a pass or two on second down when they weren't expecting it. Because uh, I had the feeling at that point that if uh, Green Bay got the ball back into Aaron Rodgers' hands, uh, it was going to win the game. So I, I really didn't see what they had to lose by that. But, uh, you know, for first time out, I think he should be uh, very satisfied and proud of what he accomplished. I'm sure he uh, and we'll see, like you said, we'll see if he gets another chance this week. Uh, Yeah, Bill Belichick, um, you know, you're going to get about as much out of him as you are, uh, you know, probably uh, any other coach. So, uh but uh, unless, like you said, Mac Jones makes a miraculous recovery, I'm sure Bailey will be out there again uh, this week. Yeah, and r- r- keeping up with all the beat writers up in up in New England, you know they were they were out there today, and they had the they had the media portion where where it was open to to go get video and go get photos that you need for stories and all of that. And Mac Jones was out there. Everyone said, you know, he had a noticeable limp. He looked a lot better. But, you know, you got to think against a, a team like the Lions, who's dead last in scoring defense, you know, you, you'd feel much better about sending out Zappy rather than putting putting Mac Jones under uh, under duress before he's ready with, with that high ankle sprain. So... We'll see how it goes. I mean, you know, Zappy said he's treating he's treating every rep like he has the last four weeks, which is the most Bailey Zappy answer. Anyone who's heard him do an interview knows that he he will he will keep a an even keel in in, in answering everything. And then, like you said, Bill Belichick he didn't he didn't want to say anything. You know what he told the reporters? We'll see who's starting this Sunday. So before we get into recaps, we got to get to an ad. White Trash Services has this message for you. I'm joined by BJ Nelson. BJ, White Trash Services, what is it and and what do y'all do? Well, thank you for asking. We gather trash in the counties around the Crossroads area. We've been in business for eight years and we have dumpster, trash can, and roll-off companies. And you know y'all are y'all are big advocates for for sports throughout the Crossroads region. Just what makes y'all want to sponsor uh, all all high school sports throughout the Victoria area? High school sports are amazing. One, they keep kids out of trouble. It teaches them about character, teaches them about right and wrong, uh, how to do better in life. You learn a lot of life skills in sports and especially football. And how can someone get a hold of White Trash Services to start their service, rent a roll-off, or apply to be a part of your team? You can give us a call at 361-550-1826. I have a team of ladies that answer the phone and gentlemen. So give us a call anytime, 8 to 5 during the day, and uh, we'd be happy to visit with you about any of those things. 
Welcome back into episode seven of The Grid. Wow, I, I'm still just baffled at how football season time, it, you know, they say time is an illusion, and I think no better place to to exemplify that than football season. But we got we to gotta touch on week six to before we move on to week seven. Last week started off with kind of an kind of a, a rough rough and tumble game for Victoria East as they went down to Buccaneer Stadium and they fell sixty six to twenty one to Corpus Christi Miller in a district fourteen five A Division one game. And you know, Jeremiah, this team, they when they go up against these good teams, you just see them there's a lot of talent on this East team, but for one reason or another, the, these these really good teams just kind of stand out and, and and play well like this. I mean, Lonnie Atticus, a big game for him. He's up for Mr. Texas football this week. You know, for, for East, what would you see? What, what are some of the biggest takeaways that they need to work on coming out of a loss like that before they before they resume district play this week? Yeah, I mean, well, you said it. You know, uh, Lonnie Atticus, he had a big game. Um, you know, 169 yards and four touchdowns. I think East secondary just really struggled to slow down, uh, you know, Miller's offense, uh, their passing offense. Um, you know, Jacarian Giles also got hurt in the second quarter, which, you know, didn't didn't help their uh, East offense at all. So, you know, it was just kind of a mix of things, but really it was just that the the East secondary that really struggled against, um, against Miller. But, you know, for this week, for them to move forward, I think really they're kind of feel like a broken record saying this, but their secondary has to step up. They have to, you know, try to not allow a team to score over 40 points to give their offense a chance at, um, to give their offense a chance at, you know, making it a game and, you know, kind of keeping them in the game. But, uh, but yeah, like you said, it was, it was tough week for, for Victoria East last week, but you know, this week they'll go against uh, Corpus Christi Ray, but I know we'll talk about it a little later, but yeah, I feel like the defense really needs to step up for for them to have success this season. And then we will get to Victoria West, who they almost had disaster in a 55-16 win over Corpus Christi Moody on homecoming. The Warriors, they fell down 9 nothing. Snap goes over Camden Rapper's head out of the back of the end zone. That came after a false start penalty backed them up five yards. They got out to the 21 and then... Oop, there goes the ball. And then after the after the free kick from the safety, well, Moody goes down and scores. And, hey, we're looking at this, and everyone's kind of going, wait, that's, that's not supposed to happen. Well, West righted the ship. They scored 33 unanswered points, and it was quite a response. And head coach Courtney Boyce definitely felt some relief seeing his team bounce back that way. Yeah, I mean, what a great response. I mean, uh, you know, not get their head down, just stay focused, locked in. I mean, you know, that's what this team's been. They've been resilient, and they showed it once again. Another big day by junior quarterback Camden Repper as he complete, as he was able to throw, he, he was able to pick up four total touchdowns. He had 194 yards through the air. Another big, big game for him as he's starting to slowly grow into that starting quarterback role for the Warriors. But how about that West defense? They see it was a it was a season high day for them. Five turnovers created. They score on four of them. That really aided in that thirty-three unanswered point run. 
for the Warriors as now they move to 2-0 heading into a massive, massive game against Corpus Christi Veterans Memorial this week, also at Buck down in Corpus. Mike, we talked about, you know, maybe maybe scheduling a team like Three Rivers was, wasn't a great idea for for homecoming for Refugio, or at least I was the one who said that, and I'm going to be wearing the egg on my face today as Refugio runs away 58-7 to winners over Three Rivers. And, you know, this Refugio team doing what it does again and again and again. You just see him continue to to improve week in and week out, Mike. The it, it what's Refurio doing right, and what what's been their biggest improvement over these last few weeks? I think it's just a matter of them getting reps in the offense. Really, uh, they're starting to become more comfortable in the offense. They have a lot of new starters that. Uh, that uh, really didn't play varsity last year, and then they kind of changed their offense up where they're going under center quite a bit. Um, They have good running backs. The line is performing well. Um, Things are are starting to click for them, and then defensively they're playing very well too. Uh, Three Rivers is not a bad team. It's a young team like Refurio, but it – Free Rivers didn't even have first down until two minutes was left in the first half. So they had shut down Three Rivers. And, uh, you know, Refurio, it's like uh, Jason Herring said at the beginning of the year, this team has a chance to improve more than any team he's ever had because from where it started to where it could end up, could there's you know, there's still room for them to get better. Um, I think they, they had to be really pleased with last week because uh, – Pretty much everything they did worked. Uh, they didn't throw the ball that much. Uh, they had just over 100 yards. The one touchdown pass came on a little flare pass uh, from Keelan Brown to Kai Whitmire, and Whitmire kind of made a move and took it all the way. Um, but uh, I'm sure they'll work on that as they go forward. They have Skidmore time in this week. Then they have the bye week, and then the game that everybody's kind of been waiting for, the Shiner game, comes up. So, uh, very encouraging performance for the uh, Bobcats. Then up the road in Jackson County, Edna, they put together a full game as the Cowboys cruise to a 49-3 win over London on Friday. You know, Jaden Clay, big game for him, 10 of 18 passing, five touchdowns. Head coach Jimmy Mitchell, he had to have been very, very pleased with what he saw from the Cowboys on Friday. Well, uh, early I thought we were a little rusty coming off of that off week, so I worried a little bit. Uh, early it was uh, tight. That's a good football team over there. And then, you know, but we were able to, uh, to get the momentum and get the ball to our playmakers, and they made big plays and uh, kind of ran away with it there at the end. I mentioned, you know, Jaden Clay, big game for him. And you're, you're, you, Jeremiah, you were there and you saw – that the Cowboys were able to finally get that passing game going. They loved to lean on their run, and they loved to they loved to lean on the on the play in the trenches to kind of set up their offense and their defense. But you know, you see them putting together that full full game. You know what kind of what kind of encouraging sides do you see from that? Because coming up in a few weeks, you'll have 
Industrial Edna, which for the last couple of years has decided that district championship. What encouraging takeaways do you have from that win over London? I mean, I, I think if you're Edna right now, uh, you know, you look you look back at the game and you kind of kind of see the box score and everything. But I think the thing that you know doesn't show up in the box score is their offensive line. Um, I know I talked to Mitchell uh, after the game. He was telling me that you know they have like 300 pounders pounders on that line. So you know they were creating holes for the running backs, and you know they were giving Clay a lot of time to you know find find his receivers and get that passing game going. So you know on the offensive side of the ball, I feel like I feel like that 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 offense is really going to run through that offensive line. Um, and then you look on the defensive side of the ball, you know held held London to three points, got three takeaways, and you know gave the ball back to to their offense. So thing like like Sam was saying it was it was a full you know full game from you know both offense and defense and I think you know this was a good sign for them heading into into that game later down later down the season against industrial I'm just curious uh Jeremiah how did uh they use Ashford very much on offense or did he mostly play defense yeah Ashford got he got some uh he got some playing time as a running back I know in the in the second half, that first drive that they came out, he had about four or five carries in that one in, the, in that one drive, and had about probably thirty to forty yards rushing in that one. So he was also, you know, make, making his plays on defense, and he coming in the offensive side of the ball, and you know, rushing the ball pretty well. So yeah, it was a good game for him as well. Yeah, they've they've loved to use Drayden on both sides of the ball. I remember before I got here, I got to watch you and I were down in in Jordanton together, covering covering for different sides. And, man, I was impressed with that team. And it's just been kind of cool to see that young team turn into this one that has a lot of potential, a lot of – it looks like a really good football team that Jimmy Mitchell and his staff have put together this season. I mean, a lot of of veterans on that team. We're going to get back to a local team, Victoria St. Joseph. They go up to Austin, and they fall to Austin Regents. 51 to 12. I mean, not, you know, you look at this. Gage Brer has another big game, but with 136 yards and two touchdowns. But it was another rough day for the Flyers. And we'll touch on them a little more when we get to the game previews because they've got another, they've got a game. It may not, it may not necessarily be a must win, but, you know, the, the, the pressure is building and, Eventually, you know, the the longer you go without picking up that first district win, the the tougher it's going to get. So we're gonna get we're gonna get back to St. Joseph when we get back to the, when we get to the previews in our next segment. But Mike, one game you wanted to point out that um, when we were talking before the show, how about them Tigers from Tidehaven put a hurtin'? On East Bernard, but then again, just about everybody has been doing that this season, unfortunately. You know, the Tigers keep rolling, and, and you're seeing them pick up and, and gain momentum, especially with the way that they've they've been able to use their freshman quarterback and and, and utilize so many guys in some, in, in some big roles, diff, some different roles as well, you know. It seems like it seems like Tidehaven's picking up a lot of momentum, and and it's coming at the right time. Yes, uh, I I think uh, you saw now that it looks like Joseph Dodds is back healthy, 
And that helps, of course, uh, you know, with the, the play of Russell at quarterback and Davis at receiver. They've got weapons there. Um, it's funny, East Bernard, uh, you know, I guess we're just so used to the East Bernard winning that when, you know, this happens, we're shocked. So, I mean, but it it's like everyone, it's like uh, someone pointed out to me, uh, you don't, there aren't many places I think it was Bo actually Robinson said that that you don't go through the ebb and flow with talent, you know, in a smaller school. He said there are a few exceptions, you know, I think you might say Shiner or Furio might be those exceptions. But most places you're going to go through ebb and flows. And usually I know East Bernard that the uh, wing tee and the uh, tradition has probably carried them a lot. But at some point, you know, you've got to have the, the talent to, to do things. And uh, obviously this this is a young team that is still growing. And uh, Ty Davin, like, uh, I've, you know, you kind of look every year, Coach Lucio does this. He builds the district, you know. He may lose a game or two here or there in non-district like they did to industrial. But, you know, he knows what what counts and what counts is district. And uh, we're going to find out in the next couple of weeks, because I believe this week, Ben Bleck and uh, bowling are playing. And those are two good teams that could contend with them. Ben Bleck, of course, the defending district champion. So uh, we're going to see, uh, but I think uh, tight Evans in a really good spot right now. Well, before we get to, before we get to interviews or not interviews, previews, I know it was views somewhere, but just want to let you know, you can advertise right here. You can get your ad right here, get in front of uh, thousands and thousands of years for a, one of the one of the top podcasts from, uh, from the top source of sports in the Crossroads region. If you want to get in touch with our sales team today to get in touch with them and, and figure out what works best for you and, and what we can do to help get your name out there. Now let's get to previews. We're going to start it with the 7.30 o'clock kickoff at Memorial Stadium on Friday as the Titans of Victoria East welcome the Texans of Corpus Christi Ray. Jeremiah, I mean, with, with the way this district is, you've got to win the games you're supposed to, and this is a game that East is supposed to against Ray. I mean, Ray has Ray was 3 and three and two heading into heading into this week and they've lost to Miller and and Vets to open up district. So you look at this and you know East wins, it keeps it, it keeps the playoff dream um totally in front of them. They if they were for some reason to lose this, well now you're playing from behind and now you're behind the eight ball and You've got hope for some help. So just how important is it for East to get back on track and do what needs to be done this week? Yeah, I mean, like you mentioned, this this game is going to be very important for East and their their playoff hopes. I mean, you know, for them to really have a chance, I think they're really going to have to, you know, play well in this game and, you know, win it to, to make it to the playoffs. But, you know, you look at East's offense, you know, Jaden quarterback Jaden Williams, um, he cons- consistently performs. Uh, you know, like I mentioned earlier, Ja'Carian Giles, he – he was out this this past week for the uh, you know the second half, 
um, you know, talked to Roland Gonzalez, East head coach today, and you know he didn't want to tell me whether whether Jacarian Giles was going to play or not. But you know, I feel feel like they have a serviceable serviceable backup in um, you know junior running back Jaden Williams. I know they both have the same name, which is kind of funny. But um, but yeah, I feel like for like East offense, they're really gonna have to step up against you know this Ray defense. Um, you know, over the past two games, I know Sam was mentioning that Ray, you know, they've lost their past two district games. Um, but you know they they've given up over a thousand total yards. So you know East offense is gonna have a chance as long as they you know continue to run the ball well, whether whether it's Giles or or Williams, um, and you know keep 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 with their passing game. But you know I feel like this East offense they this is like one of those games where they feels like they they really have a chance to you know get get this one. I know last week was tough against Miller, but you know hopefully hopefully for the Titans that you know they can get it going against uh, against Corpus Christi Ray. Um, and I know another, you know, District 14-5A game that we're going to be covering this week is, you know, Corpus, I mean, uh, Corpus Christi Veterans Memorial against Victoria West. And I know, Sam, you're going to be covering that one. What, what do you? No, I'm going to be, I'm not, I'm not going down. Oh, going down oh, sorry. Oh, sorry about that. Um, but I, I know Sam's not going to be covering that one. But Sam, what are you looking for out of West, you know, for them to, you know, be able to get this win over Veterans Memorial? Yeah, this is a seven o'clock game at Buck West. They're they're one and three all time against Veterans Memorial. Only one coming in twenty nineteen. That was a nine six win in overtime last year. They took them down to the wire, and West West lost twenty six twenty four against a beleaguered Eagles team this year. I mean, you look at you look at what Vets does, and it's it's their they're very balanced between their offense and their defense. They're averaging uh, 36 points per game. They're allowing about 13 or 14 per game. So they're very balanced, and they can they can they can win it either way. And I look at senior quarterback Elijah Durrett, 88 of he's completed 88 of 141 passes for 1,184 yards, 13 touchdowns, two interceptions. He's also He's also been able to find six receivers, and those six receivers have gone for over 100 yards this season. So he's not afraid to spread the ball. This Vets team is not afraid to spread the ball, and they do not turn the ball over. Those two interceptions by Durrett are the only turnovers for this Vets offense. So they're, they are fundamentally sound. They hold on to the ball. And just like head coach Courtney Boyce told me at the beginning of the week, you just have to be physical with this Vets team because that's how they are. I remember seeing seeing a video. Our friend Chris Thomason, who who covers who who's a the sports director a sports director down in Corpus, he posted a video while he was doing his preseason stuff, and he was down at Vets and watching their defensive line go through their drills. Who they have a. They have a really strong defensive line. It's going to be fun. It's going to be interesting to see how that holds up. See what kind of pressure they're able to put on Rapper, who has gotten a lot of confidence. But you know, if you if if you can get back there and you can get them rattled, yeah, that's that's kind of a way that that vets can really take control of this game. And you know, it could it could end up proving to be for for. A district championship, or for that that second spot, and Mike, you and I were talking about the importance of that. You know, it's the difference between having to go on the road or playing at home in the in the first round of the playoffs. 
So there's a lot on the line, and it's just the third district game here. Next, St. Joseph. Well, speaking of going on the road to San Antonio, they're going to go to San Antonio Christian at 7 p.m. on Friday. You know, like we said, it's not a mu- it's not necessarily a must win, but it's better to get it now than have to wait wait until later. Mike, looking at the San Antonio Christian team and what the Flyers have been, have done well this season, which is running the ball, can the Flyers pick up their pick up their first win against San Antonio Christian this week? Uh, well, it, the teams look very evenly matched. If you look, they they both. Uh... I don't know if this is a coincidence or just the way the schedule went. They both played Brownsville, St. Joseph, and Regents, so the same two other non-district, other district opponents. And both uh, results, they lost, both of them lost, and they were both very similar. The Brownsville-St. Joseph game was very close for both teams, and the Regents game wasn't close for both teams. Um so I know St. Joseph has been trying to develop some alternative to Gage Barrera. Um, he's been outstanding. I mean, he's over 900 yards. Uh, you know, but teams know that, you know, St. Joseph is relying on him. So they're obviously going to key on him. That doesn't mean he can't get his yards. But it would be great if they could find other options, you know, to kind of take some of the pressure off him. And uh, I know they've been trying to do that all along, and we'll see if they, I guess they just have to keep trying. And uh, hopefully, because as you said, this is a key game because uh, the loser of this game is not out of it, but it puts itself in a very precarious position because you still – you still have the two Austin schools, Hyde Park and St. Michael's, that you have to play. So, um, you know, you'd be in a lot better position if you win this game. Then, Mike, I'm going to first need you to give me some background on this game, but you'll be at the state's oldest continuous rivalry game as Bay City makes a drive up to Ricebird Country, El Campo, to take on the Rice Birds, and you look at both of these teams, you know, uh, Bay City's coming off a 17-9 to loss to Navasota and El Campo. They were off. But the thing that has stood out the most has been Bay City's defense. The way they've played, it's just that hard-nosed physical defense, and it's the unstoppable force versus the immovable object. Which one's going to win? Is it, I mean... Is Bay City's defense enough to to you know contain or even stop the nation's top running back in Reuben Owens? Well, this is a great rivalry, Sam. This I believe will be the 119th meeting and 103rd consecutive year that these two teams have played. And uh, I like to joke that it's a rivalry that's actually older than me, which makes me happy. But uh, great, great atmosphere, great. Two great uh, towns with a lot of great tradition and athletes. And uh, you're right, this year, um, you know, Ruben Owens has played in four games. He set out one, and he's already up up in yards. And he, he, of course, has the breakaway potential. But you turn around and you look at Bay City, they've been outstanding on defense. Uh, they gave up 17 in their loss to uh, Navasota, and they shut out Brazosport. And, you know, 
Normally in this day and age, shutouts don't happen unless it's a really good team playing a team that's not so good. But uh, they have a defensive end by the name of Carlon Jones. He's already got nine sacks this season. He's a beast. He's a junior. And, uh, boy, he's hard to move. I've, if you watch tape of him, uh, you'll see this. he makes plays. And the question is, will Bay City's defense be able to contain Ruben Owens and El Campo's offense? And on the flip side, will its offense be able to do enough to, to win the game? Um, Bay City struggled offensively. That's been their major hiccup in the two games they've lost. Turnovers have hurt them, and uh, but it should be. It's actually uh, the good thing is we're looking for a competitive game. I mean, uh, El Camo has dominated this series uh, recently. It's won 15 of the last 16, and uh, you know, in a rivalry like this, that's unusual. But uh, El Campo has been that good, and uh, Bay City has struggled recently. So uh, it should. It's very interesting. Uh, we'll see what happens. You know, but. Uh, I think Bay City goes into this game thinking that it has a chance to win. And then, uh, of course, you know, speaking of which, uh, you know, the last district kind of to begin, we got a district that's beginning of the smallest district we have, five teams. And uh, that opens up this week with a couple of really big games. Uh, you'll be at one Columbus at Hallettsville, and the other one is Yoakum at, ha- at Hitchcock. Uh, both uh, Columbus and Hitchcock are five and zero, oh, and uh, Houtsville, of course, is four and one. And uh, you'll get a chance to see this game. Yeah, I mean, you, you look at this. Houtsville has another chance to take down uh, one of the state's giants, and and Columbus, who's up to number three, in, or well, they held at number three in the state rankings. They're six and zero. Oh. And they look the part of the of the number three team in the state with with the wins that they have. Howlettsville, though they're coming off a forty seven nothing win over Houston Kip Generations, and you look at this Howlettsville team, it's you know I've been really impressed with what Jashawn Price has been doing, what Grant Trilishek's been doing at at quarterback, and a lot of what they kind a little bit of what they expected to see from from those guys, and that's going to be the key because if you want to stop this Schobel-powered offense at Columbus, seems like everybody's last name is Schobel. But if if Hallettsville wants to contain this this high-powered Columbus offense, well, look no further than your offense. You you love it if you're if you're able to run the ball well and chew up the clock and and do what they did to Shiner again against this Columbus team where you just chew up the clock and you just play good defense and in your offense takes those shots when they get them and, and not try and force things. So that's that's what I'm looking for from Hallsville in this game. Again, this is where I'll be at 7.30 game at Brahma Memorial Stadium. Or Brahma, I'm going to get yelled at for not saying it right. Uh, at Brahma Memorial Stadium. On Friday, then we're going to stick in Victoria County as Bloomington welcomes Kennedy. And the reason we're looking at this, I mean, both teams look really good. We're, we're not, uh, we're not, this isn't saying anything against anyone, but you know, you look at this, 
Bloomington, here's a chance. They're, they got a chance to snap a 39-game district losing streak, but they're going to have to do it against the Kennedy team that can run the ball. And what's the best way to counteract a high-powered, high-octane spread offense like Bloomington's? Hey, we're just going to run the ball three yards, a cloud of dust. Let me chew up 10 minutes on a drive. And it's a really interesting matchup, too, because, you know, it, I mean, it could determine that, that fourth place spot in, in, in District 15 2A Division One. But you look at this and you look at what Kennedy's done and you look at how well Bloomington has played, minus going up against the number four and number five teams in the state and Shiner and Revere on consecutive weeks. You know, who has the who do you think has the better chance in this game, Mike, and why? Well, both teams have, you know, a lot to play for, as you said. I mean, uh, you know, it, it looks obviously that Refiro and Shiner are gonna be one two. Uh Ganado has looked good. They they put a pretty good licking on uh, Kennedy last week. Man then uh, Three Rivers was undefeated before Refurio took care of him. But, uh, you know, you got a lot of things going on here. Bloomington definitely wants to end that, uh, that district losing streak. I mean, it, let's face it, a lot of these kids have nothing to do with a lot of those games, but they're, they're probably tired of hearing about it. And the only way you're going to stop hearing about it is to win a game. And Kennedy, on the other side, uh, they were in a lot the same situation as Bloomington was when um, – Sean Alvarez came from Cuero and took over as head coach. Uh, that, I think it was a 23-game losing streak when he took over. And they've been in the playoffs three straight years. And he was telling me that they never, as far as he knows, Kennedy football team has never made the playoffs for four straight years. So they're shooting for something, too. So uh, a big game for both teams. Um, obviously, he's not going to decide a district championship, but there's still a lot at stake for these teams uh, that they, they want to, you know, make a good showing in this game. You told me to mention this before we started, and I to and I totally forgot it until I was looking at my reference sheet. Um, there was some news this week. Uh, Schulenberg athletic director and head football coach Walter Brock placed on administrative leave while Schulenberg ISD is investigating reports of alleged incidents that happened during last Friday's game against Hearn and in the, I mean, not much, not much going, not much to go on for that, but in the, in the interim, Gilbert Price is going to, is going to serve as the team's head coach moving, moving forward. And then we'll, we'll know more once, once that investigation is cleared up. Only reason I remembered that was because now we want to talk about Flatonia, who, well, they have to play Hearn this week. So there's the tie between, there's the link for that. But Mike, this Flatonia team, they've been they've been doing well, and we we've seen it through, you know, the the basketball season, last football season, and and all all of these sports, all these kids. We've seen how athletic they are now. You're seeing them flourish as they've made this shift out of Shiner's out of Shiner's district to to the district north with Hearn, Thorndale, and all of them. This Flatonia team with this game against Hearn, 
has a chance to to potentially set up a what could decide in the district championship next week in week eight. Actually, yeah, Flatonia, if it can beat Hearn, is is in excellent position to win the district title. And I know uh, Coach uh, Chris Freitag was uh, had high hopes for this team, and it hasn't disappointed him. Uh, its only loss was to uh, Hallettsville earlier in the season. And uh, it seems like Flatonia's uh, played very well. I mean, since that game, they, they've been able to throw the ball really well. Quarterback uh, Fidel Venegas had a really good game last week, both running and passing. So uh, it's a huge game for Flatonia um, going forward. And uh, Hearn's coming off. They put a lot of points on uh, Schulenberg, who we were just talking about. And... Uh, you know, as you referenced, uh, things aren't going well in Schulenburg. They're winless. Um, and to give a little reference on that, uh, we don't have much information. Uh, what happened, though, uh, apparently there was some uh, confrontation on the Schulenburg sideline between coaches, and uh, apparently it, it continued in the locker room during halftime, and the kids were in there. And that's not what you want, especially in the middle of a season like this. Now, Schulenberg's a very young team. I think uh, they have like five seniors. So, obviously, they're building. And um, we're going to have to see what comes out of this. Um, I guess a good thing, I'm happy for uh, Gilbert Price, who uh, a lot of people around here know. He uh, quarterback Shiner State Championship team in uh, 1986 and then went on to play at Texas State, which I think at the time was still Southwest Texas. He played for Dennis Francione up there. Uh, great guy. Uh, I'm glad to see him get an opportunity to do this. He's in a tough situation, though. Um, the good thing, I think it's a bye week for them. That'll be a good thing because uh, they have a chance to kind of sit back, take stock, and kind of, you know, the kids, are. I'm sure their heads are kind of spinning because, you know, when a change like this happens in the middle of the season, it's tough. And uh, I think Gilbert's a good man to uh, try to settle the situation down. Um, I mean, and let's face it, with their situation where they are right now, uh, they're not going to the playoffs. So, uh, you know, this is a good time to start kind of settle things down, start building, you know, see if you can make improvements that will lead you in the next season. And, of course, who knows, you know, um, you never know what, what's going to happen with a school board or, you know, those kind of things. And we'll see what when they uh, – I would think they'll wait till the end of the season before they start looking for a new coach. Well, we're running a little bit long again here today. I think – I don't know, Mike, did you have a, did you have another game you wanted to look at, Jeremiah, any, anything? I think we're – I think we're in a good spot. We got – Big games all over the place. We're going to be all over the place again this week as we bring you the top high, the top sports coverage in the Crossroads area. For Mike Foreman and Jeremiah Sosa, this is Sam Fowler saying thank you for tuning into the grid, and also I'm and saying thanks to our sponsors, uh, American Shield Roofing and Construction, as well as. White Trash Services, we thank you all for helping us get getting this going. Uh, Kevin Allstrom as well, helping us, and Keith Cohen, everybody 
just just a, a long list. I, I think it goes about a mile long. But for everybody, this has been episode seven of The Grid. We'll be back next week, same time, same place.